What's up, people? It is Kiddush Club News for Jews back with another episode. And we have a bar mitzvah shout out. Mazel tov to Shalom Rosenberg on his bar mitzvah. Shalom, we wish you a mazel tov on your bar mitzvah. Summer's here. It's finally here. Uh, the hot weather's here. I'm not happy. You're 10 already. How are you possibly 10? There was one day of summer in your 10, and it's been cloudy and rainy every day in New York and you the know, tri-state area. You know, the sun, if you sit in the clouds, you, it doesn't mean you don't get the rays. That's, that's a myth. No, it's not. It's not. You get, it's, I, f- I forgot what it's called. Something, something with cloud in it. I don't remember the word. Okay, so you sit outside in the clouds with the hope of getting a tan. It depends. Like, telling me. If it's like hazy, if it's like not like very sun. Like if you can see that little ball of the sun in, through the clouds, then you're probably getting UV rays. And oh, you, which is very healthy. No, no, no. You. you should apply protection. Oh, okay. Clearly, <laughs> sunscreen is the only way to go. Yes. Agreed. Uh Whatever SPF you used, you look like a tomato. <laughs> I don't know. This tomato is, man. But it doesn't hurt. So that's... That's a good sign. I mean, nobody can see this, just you. Yeah. But it is, it is a little red. A so, little bit. A yeah. little bit. But, it, but as long as I don't feel it, I think I'm good. So we had an action-packed week and an action-packed weekend. Um, when I say action-packed, I don't mean literally action-packed. I mean just major events in the news. So coming off that last episode... With the submersibles, yeah. right? I mean, I didn't think, I didn't know what was going to happen. But turns out that it was within the first two hours, they had already perished. Well, I don't know. I don't remember if I said it on air, but I definitely said it to you. You know that I did. You remember that I told you they're not alive. You remember? Well, every single and you time. Said, no, it could be. It could be. And I said, there is no possibility that they are alive. Right. You remember? You did not say this on the air. Uh. But, but every time I sent you something with, you know, when the possibilities, when something updated in the story, like, oh, look, oh, they heard a sound and you kept saying they're dead. Stop. Right. They're dead. I'm like, oh, my, you're such a downer, bro. <laughs> I wasn't a downer. I was a realist. There's a difference. I, I researched enough to know that it was almost a statistical impossibility that they were even if they were alive, they couldn't be saved. That's what I was telling you, is that they didn't even have the technology to bring the sub up. They couldn't, the, 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 the submarines that were capable of going to that depth were halfway around the world. They had to airlift something from France. And even then, they didn't know where they were. And even if they knew where they were, they, the, the likelihood of them bringing it up was almost nothing. And even if they could bring it up, you know about the bends, right? The bends? Bend, yeah. Yes. So what happens is the pressure, when you go from that pressure, you have to go very slowly from that depth to the surface. Because if you don't, the difference in pressure causes, uh, I think it's the nitrogen in your blood to, uh, I think, become a gas. And you die from that. So let's say they found them. But that pressure, that cabin would have been pressurized. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, that, that you're sub- thinking of bends and you're thinking of divers. No, even the, the submersible itself... Ha- has to do it slowly. That's why it takes them so long to go down and come up. And that's why even some of the pundits that were talking about it, they said there was an emergency feature of the submersible. Where it would automatically come up to the surface. And they were saying that they didn't understand why it even had that because they they would probably not survive. just from that. Right, right. But I will give you kudos. You were right. So I was right on, on the fact that they were not alive. You were right. Which was a private conversation between you and I. But you might have. Uh, Ah, uh, come on, come on. <laughs> They're going to have to take my word for it. <laughs> but I will agree that you, the majority of the articles said the word submersible and not submarine. Yes. 
Yes. That was like, it was almost like literally right after we finished recording and I kept looking back at the news. I'm like, what? Everyone's saying submersible now? But they, they, they did say submarine also, but it was like 10 to 1. Submersibles to submarines. Yeah, I, I took that, that one. Submersible is mine. But here's the thing. They had the best case scenario, if you think about it. Because yes. we were all thinking that they were stuck at the bottom of the ocean. Maybe they got caught in the wreckage of the Titanic. And in such a situation, could you imagine like just the horror of it all maybe being out of power maybe first of all there was also no bathroom on the sub right right you know what they used to do they had like, they had a, like a little canister right and they were number and, one and a curtain and they would turn on the music <laughs> that, it was it, that was literally the plan it was pretty makeshift but being down there for four days the claustrophobia just yeah. the nerves alone right the anxiety right i'm not going to get graphic about it but just the sights, the sounds, the smells of yeah. being cooped up with five other people in, let's just call it a minivan. Minivan, yeah. Right. So the fact that it was a quick death for them, a quick ending, was really best case scenario. No, best case scenario would be them surviving. You know what? Not necessarily. No, come on, stop. I, come on. Just the, imagine they went through the four days and just being in that horror Are of it Are you joking? All, are you joking? You, you you don't think it would have been better for I them? Suppose, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. So just to <laughs> recap, for those who are not who are living under a rock and don't know what happened, uh, there was a submersible. Five people went down, including the CEO of the company. And apparently this CEO used to like really work on people and sell it. And he used to sell people on going on this Titanic did trip. Did you see who he was selling? I did see. Mr. Beast. Yes. And there was also a Jewish a billionaire. Jewish, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one too. Um, but you know what? I, 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 I don't know if I buy all these. You know, everybody comes out of the woodwork now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was this close to No, they to all going. have the texts. They Come all on. have the texts There's probably from thousands. Stockton Rush. There's probably thousands of those. It's like after 9-11 and each person's like, oh, I was almost in the towers. I was right on my way to the towers. I took the elevator down five minutes. You know what I'm, ta- you know yes, what I'm talking about? Yes, but I don't everybody know. Everybody wouldn't, somehow was in the towers. I wouldn't want to be like, I wouldn't be that person. Okay. So, um, so... They went down. Uh, it seems that for all you know, all available data, there was a catastrophic uh, situation that happened, and the submersible itself imploded. And what what they say is that from the water pressure, at some point they lost uh, the containment of the sub itself. And when that happens, the pressure between the air pressure that's inside—it's crazy thing. The it's air not pressure just, boil. The air pressure goes to an insane degree of heat, and the entire thing explodes. And unfortunately, I hate to be graphic, but the people were basically liquefied, which is why they did not find any people, and they never will. So they use the term implosion, but because it collapses on itself, because of the water pressure. You know, once you introduce like deep waters, like things get pretty wonky right but it so understand that so it starts to implode but then the pressure from the inside right so imagine a soda bottle and you start crushing it from the outside but the pressure on the inside needs to go somewhere so the more you crush it the more pressure increases on the inside right and then it goes and out then, and, and creates then it a bubble. explodes and it heats up and then it explodes which is exactly what happened the crazy thing is as you know the navy knew that this happened well, the good part is, is that they didn't feel anything. This right. would have happened in a fraction of a second. Right. And in fact, when your brain receives a signal, it takes 
one hundredth of a millisecond for you to even feel it. For the message, just the traffic to the brain and back is a hundredth of a millisecond. And the explosion, implosion. Implosion happens in 30 milliseconds. Right, right. So there was not even time for them to have, to have felt anything. But, but so that's what they're saying. But what they're neglecting to say is they definitely knew that they were in a very, you know, that their time was coming to an end. That's a fact. And we know that because the CEO that was on the sub, he started releasing their ballasts. In other words, the weights that keep them underwater. And he even released, I forgot what it's called, but the entire undercarriage of the sub, he detached. And they're saying the only reason he would have done that was because he he said, this is an emergency. We're, you know, it's this is my Hail Mary. If I don't do this, we're done. Well, they should have gone straight up. Once right. they released those weights, that's when the submersible just shoots right back up to the top. Right. So it must have happened along, along the way. Right. So he, he they knew that there was something very, very wrong. They knew that they were in crisis mode. They knew that something very bad was going to happen. Um, and yeah, and unfortunately, by the time the actual implosion happened, you know, it was it was in a heartbeat. But the Navy, it turns out, actually did know this. So why didn't they tell us? And, you know, and this was pointed out by some of the pundits. You know, there's a lot of Americans right now who don't trust the government. You know, there's a lot of people who say the election of 2020 was stolen. There's a lot of people who say the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, um, the IRS, all of these government agencies are all corrupt and they're deep state and they, you know, and, and there's people who talk about, you know, vaccines, etc. Well, there's definitely a lack of transparency. Right. That's for sure. Exactly. And this just fuels conspiracy theories. I don't know if you've seen, you know, there's tremendous conspiracy theories about the sub. Of course, people are blaming the Jews. You saw that, right? No, I didn't see any you of that. You didn't see that? Well, no, what absolutely. could possibly be the Jewish angle on this? <laughs> there always is a Jewish angle. There is a conspiracy theory that uh, the Rothschilds are behind it because the Titanic, they actually sunk the Titanic, and now this sub was getting evidence, and they need to cover up that evidence, so they took out the sub so to protect their the Rothschild dynasty. Yes, yes. Then there's another conspiracy theory that it was actually JP Morgan. So there's this whole conspiracy theory that the Titanic itself wasn't really the Titanic. It was really the Olympic, which was its sister ship. And the Olympic, it also sunk eventually, but the Olympic. What? Wait, what are you even No, this saying? is fact. Yeah, this is but actual there were, fact. There were sisters. There was the Titanic and the Olympic? Yes, they look exactly the same. Okay. So what they claim is, is that the Olympic had no insurance and the Titanic did. So what they did was they changed names. They whitewashed the names off of both ships and they called the Olympic the Titanic and they intentionally sunk it so that they could get the insurance money. Who was that person? J.P. Morgan himself. And who was on the, 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 uh, the Titanic? All of his competitors. He got a massive amount of uh, power, political power after this because all of his, you know, barpluktas <laughs> were For on the ship. For lack of a better word. There were many Jews on the ship, by the way. Some estimates put the number of Jews on the Titanic at like 150 or more. Well, interestingly, now that you mention it, Stockton Rush's wife is a great-granddaughter of Titanic survivors. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So there's a lot of people making up like... You crazy know, right but the a lot reason, of theories just with that and the reason is because the navy knew about it so the navy said that so they have listening devices all throughout the ocean and they picked up the explosion exactly at the same time that the transponder stopped transmitting 
So they knew, basically, they knew at that point that they were goners. But they still led us all to believe that, you know, that there was still hope and we're all... But why do that? I don't know. I don't know. I, if you want me to give kafzrus to the, to, the, to the Navy... To the government, yeah. So I would say that, you know, they didn't want to make a... Uh, they didn't want to say for sure until they had some hard evidence. They wanted to see for themselves and see, you know, let's see if we could see wreckage or something so that we could confirm it before we, we say that these people, you know... I imagine that that's why James Cameron was silent up until he the wasn't end. silent. He was screaming from the rooftops that something that before you know he was screaming about this ship altogether yes. because he said this is just not a safe right. safe ship. And just for those who don't know, James Cameron is a famous director, film director. He made Titanic the movie, right? Yes, and he himself went down to the Titanic wreckage which is 12,000 feet under, obviously no small feet, as you can see, he created his own submersible. Yes. Right? Spent years and years making his own submersible. And that uh, that unit actually made it all the way down to the Mariana Trench. Which is the lowest point on Earth. Which is seven miles down. Crazy. And he has a whole documentary about it, which is fascinating. And just that whole journey and what it's like to go down there. And this, it's like, it's, he said it's like being on the moon. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's nothing But it was crazy there. that he got down there and there was a Russian flag on the bottom of what? the Mariana Trench. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was fake. Yeah, yeah, fact check, people. You need to fact check this you man. You need to fact check me. But speaking about Russia, that was, a, that was a also a major thing. Russia was huge over the weekend. Oh, yeah, I don't have any understanding of that. You know what? The media came in. Uh, on this story, like I sh- like I was supposed to know like what was happening. Like all of a sudden, I see these stories about Wagner and 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 this militia in Russia. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah, they just like, assumed that everybody. It was almost like, yeah, of course you know Wagner. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. And I, I had to do like a deep dive just to even get the basics. So can you run me through it though? Yeah. So uh, Wagner or Wagner, if you're a loser, then uh, so it, it's interesting because like uh, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, before the Ukraine war, uh, the the Jewish you know periodical Zman actually did a whole like expose on the Wagner group, which Wait, was. Do you get Zman to your house? No comment. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm that's a, a yes. Fan. I am a Zman fan. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I don't. I don't read like publications. I also get the Makif, which is their sister uh, periodical. Yeah, I don't live in this world. I can't like read <laughs> periodicals. I mean, like sometimes I'll see it in my in-laws' house, and like the the articles are good. Like the cover stories, like do have me reaching for them. Right, the cover story. So I will say that it's written. I really don't want to throw shade on on Zman because I am a fan, but. I will say that it's written on about a fifth grade level. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I I, I, I think that, that it's intentional. I don't think these people are, you know... Undereducated or right. anything? I don't. I, I think that they're trying to appeal to a very, very wide demographic of people. So they make the, the articles very, very simple to read. But they had a whole thing on the Wagner Group, and I hadn't heard of them before that. See, they do bring interesting yes, content. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. Fore. So I read this whole thing on the Wagner Group, and I was like, "Wow, that's so interesting. How come I never heard of these guys?" They're really what they are. Basically, is a mercenary group. So they're basically soldiers for hire. They get paid to be soldiers. They're not part of a government. They're their own club, and you pay them, and they act as soldiers now the benefit is so they basically were working exclusively for russia wait a minute so i can just hire an army basically right but you can't it was they were really working exclusively for putin 
And the benefit to Putin is he sends these guys all over the world. And technically, it's not Russia doing anything. It's this group. Well, it's not my fault. They've been, uh, you know, we, we know that they've committed many atrocities. Uh, they don't follow international law. They, they, they're really bad dudes. You know, these guys are very, very bad. Wagner. Yeah, Wagner. And, and who's, who's the head of Wagner? I, I forget the name. The guy's name is Prigozhin. Yegnevi? <laughs> is that the right? Did I say it right? Yevgeny. That's right. That's his name. And, and it, it's great because, you know, Putin is able to do all his evil schemes without, without having any, you know, without having anything traced back to him. Now, he and, and Prigozhin were buddy buddies. He started, they used to call him Putin's chef. So he was, quote unquote, a caterer. And for years, he was just a caterer. He, was, he had a hot dog stand or some, some crazy thing. Right. I mean, not the greatest cover. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, we will tell everybody, you are just chef. This is why you have big knife. I mean, I, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. So he, yeah, eventually, he finally admitted that he was the head of the Wagner Group. And one of the most hated people on the planet, basically. So people know him. Yes, yes. The, 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 he's on the, the U.S. government's most wanted list. Oh, he's, so he's a wanted criminal. Yes, yes, absolutely, ah. absolutely. So Evgeny is no joke. He's no joke. I mean, you, you wouldn't know that if you, if you saw the videos that came out over the weekend of him high-fiving people and taking selfies with all, all Russians. Did you see those things? No, tell me Okay, so what let's occurred. get into it. Yeah. So, okay, so the Wagner Group has been on the front lines of Ukraine. And this guy... What side are they on? The Russian side, obviously. They're, okay, they're so they're Putin's fighting. Guys. For, right, they're so Putin's, they're fighting the Ukraine. Yes, for Putin. Yes, and they've been on the front lines. This guy has been bashing the Russian defense minister from day one, saying he's not giving us enough weapons. He, but the reality is, he probably. We know that they're using like some of the stuff they're using is from World War II. The Russians, like Ukraine, is only able. They've only put up such a great fight because we're giving them this advanced technology. Russia can't keep up with the NATO technologies. Right. You know, it's it's kind of like there's a mystique about Russia. Yes. We don't know what they're capable yes. of. Yes. And now it's kind of like coming out that they're, they're kind of weak. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, well, don't forget they have roughly 2,500 nuclear-capable missiles. Yeah, but like... You only I need feel, a few of those. Right. Meaning... You only I, need like three. <laughs> and you're done. You know, right. You could so they could basically... And, and they probably would like make mistakes with the rest of whatever they have. Yes, and that's the fear, right? And the fear is that because they're weak, if they were stronger, it would almost be less of a fear. But because they're so weak, the fear More is intimidating. Yet, yeah, no, the fear is that eventually they're going to find themselves with no other choice but to use nukes. That's the fear, and that is a current fear. I mean, that didn't go away. If anything, it's only worse now. So, anyway, back to the Wagner Group. So this guy Prigozhin has been saying that uh, over the weekend he started saying that. Uh, Putin sent them into Ukraine on lies, but it, what, he says it wasn't Putin's fault. It was his uh, Department of Defense's fault. They lied. They sent us in, and they sent us in understaffed and under, you know, not enough arms, etc. And he basically said uh, he also claimed that Russia had an airstrike against Wagner Group forces and that he had major losses from it. And he decided that because of all this, he's marching on Moscow. So it's like a mutiny. Mutiny total mutiny i saw a very interesting video of a guy who was who was saying how he was watching the mutiny 
on Google Maps. It was very interesting. Wait, How but is Google it? Maps isn't live. Right. So what, what was he doing? He was looking at Google Maps and he was seeing the road closures and he showed how the road closure closures showed in real time because what happens is people were reporting the road closures. It was exactly where the convoy of the Wagner Group was going towards Moscow. So it would update immediately. Yeah. So he was literally watching it. So they start going towards Moscow and as they go, they're taking over Russian towns and the people are cheering them. Now, why, though? Because they're against this war. And they, they're happy that someone's standing up to Putin. But Wagner was involved in the war. Right, but now he's saying he lied to us, he lied to everybody, they were all a bunch of, you know, whatever. And we'll pedal back. And, yeah, and, and that's it. I'm done. It looked like he was going to attack Moscow. And Moscow was, they were so afraid, Putin was so afraid. Now, imagine all of his high-level soldiers are out in Ukraine. Okay, who's defending the homeland? Who's right, defending wow. Moscow? He had to go to the head of the Chechnyan uh, guard and ask for help, which is such a busha. Could you imagine? Now, wait, where does Belarus come in? Where does Belarus come in? So now, Prigozhin gets to within, I believe, 150 miles of Moscow. Scary stuff, right? Suddenly, Lukashenko, the head of Belarus, who's Putin's other buddy, 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 he comes along and says, I brokered a, a truce, and what's going to happen is the, the defense minister is going to step down. Prigozhin is in exile, but he will not be prosecuted. Which and is a huge, huge deal. thing. Huge deal. Well, not really. Because no, no, no. To be able to go back, to go, like, go get refuge in Belarus right, and, right, not, because, and not have to face treason charges whoa, 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 in Russia. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Think about that for a minute. Now, say it again. To be able to Go find refuge. Refuge? What refuge is he finding in Belarus when Putin is when you're Putin's number one enemy? Mm, right. Mm, you get him for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's are you kidding me? This guy's not in any state of refuge right now. So you're saying he's in trouble. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's not dumb. And he's I'm sure he's surrounded himself with ten thousand troops and who knows, maybe he's gunning for Putin himself. We don't know. But it's interesting that he made this retreat when he really could have marched on Moscow. Right. So nobody knows why. Nobody knows why Lukashenko was able to get this done. I did see an article that claims that Putin had threatened Prigozhin by saying that they were going to kill all of his family and I all of the that. Wagner Group heads' families. Yeah. Once they that threatened, their, right? They, once they threatened their families, it's like we know where your family is. <laughs> We will get them. This will be easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and nobody questions that, right? You could basically take Putin at his word for that kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of what he's good at. And so he just, that's it. He dropped it and he's taking selfies with people and they're cheering him. And he went to Belarus and uh, full pardons for everyone who mutinied. And now everything's back to normal. Very I weird. I mean, everybody's waiting for uh, Prigozhin to f just fall out a window, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's going to be looking over his shoulder for the rest of his life. And um, also coming out of Russia, by the way, uh, I mean, th this is the type of thing we usually see like coming out of Egypt, talking about Israel. But um, the UK is saying that Russia is very likely training dolphins now in the Crimean p Peninsula <laughs> to <laughs> counter <laughs> Ukrainian enemy divers. So, <laughs> so wait a second. Just I want to get this clear because 
we see like Russia has a lot of work to to do on its military. It seems right. Yeah. They weren't able to handle like a militia <laughs> of of at best twenty five thousand people. Right. Right. And you're telling me that they're basically busy. Maybe this is why their military <laughs> is underdeveloped. If you're busy training dolphins, dolphins. in the sea. Your military is not going to be as advanced as everybody else. Right. Right? Let's go flipper. <laughs> Aim for heart. <laughs> and stop smiling so much. <laughs> I did I the know. animal sounds. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely could be part of the reason why Russia, their priorities are a little bit strange, a little bit yeah, skewed. Out of order. Yeah. But, um, and also, you know, over the weekend or, or before the weekend, Israel and Russia got into a little tiff. Did you see that one? I saw something. Couldn't wrap my head totally around it. Something about like they're promoting Nazis. Yes. Yeah. So we know that the Russian narrative is that the Ukrainians, the reason they went in is because they're Nazis. And it's funny because when, when Putin made his speech, he referred to Ukraine as neo-Nazis. Yes. Right? And this is, by the way, he said he's going to make a speech that is going to... to unequivocally change things in Russia, which is which was total clickbait. Yes. <laughs> you heard the speech and it was absolutely, you know, Shtusim. Yeah. absolutely but, nothing. No, but, but, but actually, it's not completely Shtusim, right? So with every uh, fake, with every piece of propaganda, there's always truth to it. So uh, on Friday, Russia's foreign ministry actually accused Israel of glorification of Nazism. And the reason they did is because happens to be that we know, especially during World War II, there were terrible, terrible people of Ukraine, and these people are celebrated. Uh, for example, uh, Stepan Bandera. He was a Ukrainian, uh, you know, hero who also was responsible for massacring many Polish and Jewish civilians. This guy was a hardcore anti-Semite, murdered Jews, and till today he is a hero of the Republic in Ukraine. And they celebrate him. Um, and there's other people, Melnik, there's other people like that. And they're celebrated. And there's army units that have like uh, symbols from these from these men. So Putin tells, so not Putin, but Lavrov, who is... Uh, I always thought it's Lavrov. Maybe it's Lavrov. He, he tweeted and said that they're uh, glorifying Nazism. And so the Israeli ambassador to Ukraine, Michael Brodsky, replied... And said, it would, I'll give you the quote, it would be wrong to condition our support for an assistance to Ukraine on Ukraine having to stop renaming streets or calling Bendera or Melnik heroes. If you look at things realistically, of course, that's not going to happen. So he was saying, look, we agree that this is not good. But there's nothing we can do about nothing it we can now. Do about I mean, it. it's 2023. Right, right, right. And he basically said, don't lecture us about Nazis in the Holocaust. Like, you're picking the wrong fight. But, Which is uh, Israel's right to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But look, I mean, you can't take it that seriously. Russia's doing what, you know, what Russia's going to do. They have, this is all they have is this piece of propaganda. They must keep perpetuating, perpetuating it, exactly. Um, but in more benign news coming out of Russia, I saw this one that a Russian woman is selling her cat for $127,000. And the reason is because this is a wish-granting cat. Really? Yeah. Is that, is, 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 is that a breed? <laughs> so, like, we all know the rule, right? If you get three wishes, what's your first wish? A uh, hundred more wishes. A bajillion wishes, yes. right? Yes. Exactly. So, 
Why does she need the 127000 Who would be dumb enough to buy a wish-granting cat for $127,000? I mean, look, I'm not a genie, but if I was, yeah. there would be... Uh, you know, like a disclaimer or some sort of fail-safe. You can't wish for uh, any more wishes. It's three, and that's it. Okay, how about they wish for $127,000 and keep the cat? Yeah, how about for a buyer? Right. <laughs> Let me just, I wish for idiot buyer. <laughs> right. Uh, so, the woman claims, I'll read to you, the woman claims the cat was responsible for getting her two apartments and a car simply by asking the cat to grant her wish. So, she already got three. She got three. But they say that a fourth wish hasn't happened, so they're wi- willing to let Vincent go and help another family out. It's not really help. It's like, listen, we, we've had our three wishes. We have no more use for this thing. Right. But we do know it's valuable. So <laughs> 127 is where we're putting it. I bet they interviewed her, and they were like, well, how do you even know that there's only three wishes? She was like, we realized only three wishes. Because Nikolai wished for end of war and only got bowl of borscht. <laughs> Always comes back to borscht. That whole thing was fake, by the way. <laughs> what? What? Because they only had three wishes, not a fourth, right? But they realized. Oh, you're saying that was the third wish. That was wish. how they realized. Oh. Meaning, but he did get the borscht. Yeah. You, it's like all subsequent wishes just end up with a bowl borscht. of borscht. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could wish a thousand times. That's worth a lot of money. Unlimited borscht. But again, how much borscht? 127,000. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of money. Before we um before we talk we go back into a little bit about how all of these things are leading to conspiracy theorists saying that this is really all a cover up for something else. We'll get to the cover up momentarily, but first You're talking about Wagner? No. Well, everything the the media coverage of the sub and Wagner and everything else is all a diversion. But before we get to that, we do have to mention that this episode was sponsored by Bedtime. As you've been hearing us mention in every episode, bedtime is the way for you to get, finally, get a good night's sleep and not break the bank doing it. Bedtime has all of the top mattresses that are exactly like the Sealy's and the Serta's and the Pastorpedics, all of them, but they're much cheaper. Mention Kiddush Club and you will get free delivery in the tri-state area. You have a bedtime bed. Yes, and you look well rested. <laughs> I'm not. Do I? Do I look well rested? I'm glowing. That's all I know. You're glowing. I need to get a bedtime. I'm going to get. I mean, I have all my mattresses. I'm gonna. I'm gonna burn one of them just so I could get your mattress. Probably sags. Right. Oh, it, oh absolutely. My, what, I mentioned this on the previous guest. My mattress, 100. percent The edge of it goes down. If I roll slightly, if I'm sleeping, I'm on the floor. That's bad. I know. That cannot be healthy for your back, for your posture. It's a no wonder you're hunched. Yeah. Well, you, that, that, that's hurtful. <laughs> Listen, we're just trying to sell it, man. I, I hear you. I hear you. Check out Bedtime. Their number is 917-923-3644. Uh, of course, it will be in the show notes. Mention Kiddush Club and you will get free delivery. So back to the diversion, right? So craziness going on in Congress. We had whistleblowers coming from the IRS. As we know, Hunter Biden got off with a slap on the wrist right? So now a whistleblower, one of the whistleblowers came and said that this wasn't a minor infraction. This was major what Hunter Biden did, and they recommended major prosecution, but they got shot down. They also came out and said that Weiss, who was appointed by Trump to investigate, asked for special counsel status to prosecute Hunter, 
but Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice shot him down and would not let them prosecute him. And now there's a movement for Merrick Garland to be brought up on impeachment charges. Yes, yes. So, so you know what? It's funny because we all saw this happening in real time, and it was like, like, OMG, how could all this happen? Right. Right? And now it's finally playing out in the way, really, it should have played out years ago. For sure. Right? This is so delayed. And it's but infuriating a it's little bit. It's infuriating because still nothing, as of right now, nothing is happening to him. And we know now, right, Biden claimed that he had no, he never had anything to do with Hunter. He doesn't know what, what he does for business. He doesn't. And do, never even had a conversation about right. it. He never had a conversation with him. Now we know that Hunter sent a WhatsApp and we have the text of the WhatsApp. He said to his Chinese counterpart, he basically, I'm going to paraphrase, he said something like, you know, Where's the money? Why haven't you transferred the money? I'm sitting here with my dad. He's right here next to me. And if you don't send that money, you know what's going to happen. Something along those lines. Now, we also know that Biden and Hunter were together at that moment. We have pictures of them from that day when they were together in the house. We also know that not too long after that, he got a, a $5 million from these Chinese people. And we also know that Hunter repeatedly claimed that he was single-handedly supporting the Biden fam family and that money was going all to all the Bidens. Now, I ask you this. For, for, for four years, we heard endless talk about Trump's kids and the corruption and their corruption with Russia and they're getting kickbacks and this and that. All of it unfounded. Right. We know now Crossfire Hurricane, which was the investigation of Trump, we know that that was based on almost nothing, fake data that was given to the FBI from the Clinton campaign. And yet, for four years, the media didn't leave Trump and his kids alone. Now, you may hate Trump. You may dislike all of his children. But I ask you this. If this was one of Trump ki Trump's kids, we know for a fact he made millions and he got millions from people in other countries. We know for a fact that Hunter got a seat on the board of Burisma. We know for a fact that Joe Biden got the prosecutor fired. Maybe he did it for, it was in the United States' best interest. But there's a lot of smoke here. A lot of smoke. Now you're, t and, and basically the media is only talking about the sub and only talking about Russia and Prigozhin. Nothing, come on, nothing. Unless you go to the real extreme right wing sites, Nobody's really talking about it. Are you suggesting that the sub was taken down? <laughs> oh. oh, by Hunter. <laughs> by the way, that would be the perfect cherry to the rotten ice cream sundae that he is. There's a term for this, by the way. It's called wag the dog. You ever hear that term? No. So wag the dog is when a, in, it's a political term for describing when you create some other fake crisis to divert everybody's attention from what you don't want them to talk about. And so this is exactly that example. And that's why, of course, the conspiracy theorists are saying what you said, which is the whole sub thing. Yes, it I mean, was. That would be really dark. Like if they brought down a sub just to divert attention from these investigations, if they're paying Wagner to create this fake scene, really, which is something that unfolded in a day and, and just folded right back up. Is it so crazy to think that the CIA wasn't in talks with Prigozhin? 
No, I'm, they definitely were. Okay, so why are you... No, it's something that the CIA does routinely. Exactly. I'm just saying, I think we should stop here if we want this podcast to continue <laughs> and not be visited in the middle of the night by operatives. Yes, I agree with you. But but you had no problem talking about Putin and making fun of Putin for an hour. Well, he's far. You know what I'm saying? Oh, his his reach. Is <laughs> his quite, reach is long. His reach is long. Yeah, but I fear the homegrown terror. Yes. So there is talk now about impeaching Biden. Uh, interestingly, when they asked Corinne uh, uh, Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, about this, there were some media who did ask her about this. Um, they also asked his lawyer, Hunter's lawyer, and... What he said was, and this was pointed out by Shapiro, and I thought it was very interesting, he said, as we've said many times, President Biden was never in business with Hunter. Now, that's different than what President Biden actually said. Yeah, because he said he had no uh, knowledge at all, never had a conversation right. with his son about his business or, or anything in that realm. Right. Which either makes him, A, the worst father ever, or B... A total liar. Right, right. But now that, so now the lawyer's not claiming that. Now he's saying he wasn't in business with him, which means they did have conversations, but technically he he didn't own any company with him. Right, he was he just a spectator. Right, right. right. Now, if, I, if, if let's say you and I, and you say, oh, you know, I have this great investment, do me a favor, lend me this money, we're good friends, lend me this money, I'll, I'll cover you, I just need it for, you know, 30 days or whatever. Are we in business together if we do that? Would you say we're in business? The two of us write like a, a star iska on it and whatever. And then we, we do it. We, we don't involve legal. We don't involve LLCs. Still a transaction. It's a transaction, but we're not in business together. That's not called being a business. No, if I just take a plain loan from you, then we're not business associates. Right. What if Hunter Biden gives his dad, he says, dad, you've been there for me all these years. I want to give gift you a million dollars. Are they in business together? No. They're not in business. All this is like circumvention, like all just Ramoyas. So when they when the lawyer said they're not in business together, that was already him pulling back from what Biden said, which you pointed out, which is that he had no idea. Right. He's a, he's basically saying he did have an idea, but you have nothing on us because you can't connect Biden to Hunter. That's that's how I read it. Yeah, it's a backpedal. I, ironically, with all of this, um, this was on Yeshiva World. It was on many Jewish periodicals. According to basically every poll, Jews still favor Biden over Trump three to one. So how does that even happen? I think uh, when it comes to Jews that aren't, let's say, Orthodox, uh, some of them might be listening. I think it's much more common. If Israel is not a priority for you, it's much easier to just focus on the negatives of Trump. If Israel's a major priority to you, they're literally, it's hard to find what president, aside from Truman, who would have been better in the history of the United States for Israel than Trump. So, you know, if Israel's really not your priority, then you'll just say, yeah, I'll go with Biden. Trump's just off oh, the handle. Off the handle. Yeah. Also coming from Yeshiva World, Ted Cruz issued a statement saying that Biden is pathologically obsessed with undermining Israel, and he called out a new policy of the Biden administration that they will not fund or participate in technological and scientific projects in Yehuda and Shomron, which is the West Bank. So that's, I mean, that's big. To me, it's not a surprise, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I don't think that Biden is Israel's best friend. He's been pretty good for Israel. I'm not going to say in no. His, in his tenure in the Senate, he's been pretty good for Israel. I will say that. 
I do agree that most of his tenure was um, good for Israel, but you know you have to wonder: is it really him pulling the strings at this point? Right? He he's just with uh, the liberal left, and they're really going to do what they want. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. He, I mean, we know he's, you know, he's 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 really not. He's a little behind Alma. He's not with us. And whoever it is that's handling him, and there's talk about, you know, that Hunter is with him all the time. He goes almost nowhere without Hunter now. Is that a fact? Because I, I don't see him anywhere. He, he go watch any of the videos. He just had a, a meeting with, uh, with the Indian, I think it was Modi, with the Prime Minister of India, a state dinner, and of course, Hunter is there. And they even said something like Hunter helps him or something, some vague reference. And it also came out that one of the times, I forget which one it was, Hunter was actually sleeping in a cot in his father's room. There's suspicion that he's actually helping him physically because Joe Biden, you see him, he can't walk. He, he can't talk. He, he's clearly mentally, he's not where he needs to be. And I don't mean, I'm not making fun of him. This is just what happens in old age. It's a normal part of old age. The golden years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Biden should be in his 57 Corvette, driving, you know, enjoying his, his golden years and, and, and go riding off into the sunset. Instead, he's making believe that he's running a country, which we know he's not. I mean, we all know that he's not. Do you have anything more interesting? Because I'm falling asleep. <laughs> Whoa, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm giving it to you how it is. That's a direct the shots fired right yes. there. Yes, Okay, so we are talking about Israel, so I'll, I'll move into this story. Um, so... Several Ben-Gurion airport employees. Now, you know, we all know that Ben-Gurion and El Al, for sure, are famous for their amazing work and amazing security that they have, right? Oh, legendary. Legendary. Every country tries to model themselves after Israel. And so a bunch of employees in Ben-Gurion airport were arrested because they have surveillance video of them smuggling a bunch of Georgians into Israel. Why would they do that? Like, our security people are smuggling foreign entities into money israel they got paid for it wow you see it's a it's a problem because you're showing that like you can be you can be bored right right very bad very, very. embarrassing because i always thought like there's nothing you can do like these are israeli commandos like you're just gonna get either shot or let into israel <laughs> right right you're either you're, like, you're yeah. either dead or having the time of your life right uh, it, it is you know you, you don't expect that these Israelis, especially, we know that like it's like former Mossad guys who are in the airports and uh, working for the airlines. You don't expect them to be able to be bought, you right? Know, especially I mean, by Georgians. And just to clarify, by the way, this is we're talking about the country Georgia, where they speak like Russian and whatever. I mean, we've all had these conversations, right? Oh yes. Uh, you pack this bag yourself, or right. uh, somebody help you with it, huh? Uh, what was the last holiday you celebrate? Can I ask you? And uh, these guys don't know, right? And he says. It was full of Soviet Union. <laughs> and like... And Ofer is like... Yeah, he's not having any right, of that, right? right? <laughs> uh, go to the side, please. Yeah. please. And then I imagine that this guy probably, that's when he offered him the money, right? right? He's right. like, look, I give you 10,000 shekel. <laughs> if you let me go. And then he's like... Hey, excuse me, you're trying to bribe me with this? 10,000 shekel. What do you think? This is joke here? You make it $10,000, maybe we talk. <laughs> well, they got caught, which is good. That's great. Yes. I wonder how they got caught, though. Like, did they have suspicions about 
Well, they did have them on camera, <laughs> which is what? really weird because like, I mean, they work there. They know there's cameras. Right. They have to know everything. It's weird. And there is a video of it. There's no sound. Uh, we'll include it in but the like, WhatsApp. But like, why would you ever be taking cash from a customer as a security agent? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially a from- A bundle of cash. Like, how does that make any sense? It's a huge red flag. Yeah. If you're, you know, overseeing security operations. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So maybe not the brightest stars. Right. In El Al. Right. And um, also coming out of Israel, I mean, it is summertime. You know, it's a time where our kids are going to camp. Finally. Good times. <laughs> well, camp is in full swing in Gaza. Oh. Yeah. Except the Hamas camps are terrorist training camps where they train terrorist children to become full-fledged terrorists. And that's how they spend their summers. Yeah. Wow. Just so learning like, how to become a terrorist. Yes. I want to welcome you all to Camp Mujahideen. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are learning how to build tunnels. Everybody <laughs> boards the camel. We're going to the beach. It's got to be some fun. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For but sure. It's, it's just tragic. It really is just such a shame because they'll is. never get out of that cycle. Yep, yep. Perpetuating cycle. Okay, moving out of Israel right now, uh, it's that time in the cast where we talk about crazy things that happen on airplanes. Oh, is that so? That's a thing now. It's a segment. Yes. Okay. This yes. this is evolved. This really. is how I deal with my anxiety. Okay. You face it head on. Yeah. I don't need that therapist that we spoke about in the last episode because we talk about these things and we laugh about it. Okay. Yeah. That's one way to battle it. So a flight going to South Korea, there was a passenger who was feeling like claustrophobic. But we just had that, right? We just had this. Yeah. He was feeling claustrophobic. He was having. He said he felt like there was a weight pressing on his chest. He got up out of his chair and he ran to the emergency door, just like the other guy, and he tried to open the door. The, we, the crazy part, I'm going to read to you directly from this because I can't make it up. It says, he ran towards the emergency door and tried to open, but he was, quote, immediately subdued by the crew who used a lasso rope. <laughs> and we suddenly got transported into like the Wild West. You know what? It's so Korean to do that. <laughs> Right? Aren't they like always gravitating towards like Western things? Are they? Yeah, yeah. For sure that's what happened. They're like, you know, we should keep a lasso on board like the cowboys do. Like, this is for sure how that meeting went down. This was totally normal to you. Absolutely (laughs) intentional. And then they restrained him with like zip ties. But like, I just have this image in my head of like these Koreans jumping out of the sea with cowboy hats and like, you know, the lasso, you know, swinging it around their heads and tossing it. And like, you know, there's other passengers probably like jumping up to go restrain him. They're like, no, 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 we got this. We got this. <laughs> we have a lasso. <laughs> Meanwhile, I saw a different airline story and it made me think of you. Um, That's sweet. <laughs> well, let's see how sweet you think it is now. But. There was an airline employee who was on the tarmac, you know, tending to the jet, I imagine, and he was sucked into the jet Ooh. and obliterated. Ooh. Like, what a way to go. Ooh. And, you know, you don't even feel that coming. Next thing you know, it's just that guy was gone. Yeah. But, you know, that, that doesn't affect my anxiety because, like, I'm never going to be on a tarmac. Unless you stop of- flying private. Oh. Which, which, is, is, which, which is I your- will never do. Why? Because I don't like small planes. I like big ones. You can get a big jet, private. Nobody has a big, you know, 787 jet. Trump. It's Gulfstream, right? Trump does. Trump does. And the president does has a 747 beefed up Air Force One. But the regular private jets are relatively small. 
and if you've ever been on a jet, I have. If you if you go, let's say to like um, local, you know, local flights, have these you shuttles, been private? Have you f- ever? Flown? I have not. Really, I'm like, too nervous to do it. I want to be on a G four. I've never gone either. I'm too nervous. I took up, for example, I took a flight to South Carolina. Very short flight, small jet. You know, so it's like two seats, two seats, and you can't even stand fully upright. You know, like it's a very small plane. It's, it felt like every gust of wind, this plane was was bucking and, and moving. It was horrible, yeah, horrible flight. Yeah, I've been flight. on those. I've been on those. And you know what? They kind of accept it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like they're okay with it. It's not even yeah. turbulence. It's just... Right. It wasn't considered right. turbulence. They don't announce like, oh, keep your seatbelts fast. And like, this is... No, this is normal. This is, right. This is the best case. Right. So I, why would I go on a, a, a G4? Why would I do that to myself? I imagine they're a little more stable. I think that what you took was not necessarily a jet, was it? No, it was a jet. I also took a commuter flight. With propeller. Propeller, yes. I took that to Canada. I went to, uh, I think it was Toronto or Ottawa, one of those places. Uh, and yes, I did take that also. And that for sure, that's even worse. Yeah, those are nerve-wracking. Because but, the whole thing rests on the... Like the propeller is what is propelling you forward. Right, like the name suggests, that's all it's doing. Yeah, and it's it's kind of nerve wracking. And we just go on because, like, I guess everybody else does it. I guess yeah. this works. I hope it right. works. And and you and, know, and, we got there. And those planes can't go that high. They can't go high, and so they're flying at a lower altitude, and they don't go as fast. Right. I Which once, means just means you have less time to say Shema if it takes a nose. Exactly. Dive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was once on one of these planes. I got to the airport early. Uh, I, I was on a business trip. And I got to the airport early and I said, oh, is there any, uh, you know, quicker f- flight? You know, I'm, I'm early. Could you switch my, my flight? They said, sure. And they switched it. And they said, sir, you know, by law, we have to tell you that this is a commuter flight. And I said, okay. And she was like, are you okay with that? I was like, yeah, fine with that. And Little turned, did you know. Yes. They took me off of a jet and put me on a propeller flight. When I landed, after much nausea, it turned out that the jet flight that I didn't take beat us to the airport. Because it is a jet. That's why. <laughs> exactly. So never again. Right. Never again. But that poor guy just got completely obliterated. But I imagine also, again, just a split second of right. terror probably. And then it was over. It was over. Right. And just so that we don't end on a low note, in more bizarre news, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have now challenged each other to a cage match. But is that going to really happen? It looks like it's going to happen. I saw that, and it, it, the reason why it's bizarre is because they're so physically different. Right. First, Elon Musk is 51, by the way. Forget the age. Elon Musk is, fa- is six foot one. Is he that tall? That's, that's right. And, wow. and Zuck is 5'7". Ooh. Yeah, I mean... Why you got to rank on the uh, short I mean, people, man? I mean, he's 5'7". You're just going to pull all of my insecurities out in one episode. 5'7 <laughs> versus 6'1". But Zuckerberg trains like crazy. Right. That's the... Like, that's yeah. what... Which is why I wanted to ask you, like, the betting odds on this are mm. all over the board. Can you check it? Yes. But the, the, I did see something that, like, they said that if they actually go through with it, this would be the biggest pay-per-view fight in the history of pay-per-view which is why it should totally happen i'm hoping it does so elon musk is the favorite minus 150 favorite meaning you'd have to bet 150 dollars to make 100 but you know what's crazy is that even though he's older he's way out of shape is what it looks like i'm not judging but no just, he's in shape now he did the ozempic he's oh, just whatever be, just because you do ozempic and you lose weight it does not mean you're a triathlete true you know what i'm saying true and here's a younger guy 
who's way more in shape, who has like done marathons and triathlons and all these things. Like he is in shape. And he's going to go up against Elon Musk. So you're just saying basically a little bit of weight and some height, and that's it. He becomes the favorite. Zuckerberg's also Jewish. Do we have to root for him then? No. The point is, is that... Because I love Elon Musk. There is no Jew who's ever going to win a fight. We know that. Come on. But maybe he's like, maybe he's got the Krav Maga up his sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. So we'll be following that story, and we're going to let you know how it turns out. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. Uh, what was the last holiday you celebrate? Can I ask you? And how, these guys don't know, right? So, so he was like, um, "Can I have it's D? Can I have Bon? Yeah, just hit, yeah, it's D. Just push D. I was going to tell you, just push it." And he probably answered, I, "You gave me the you gave me the wrong power." <laughs> <laughs> Too much power I have now. I want to welcome you all to Camp Mujahideen. <laughs> <laughs> Today we will learn how to big... D- <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to shut this mic every time because I don't want to make it into the bloopers. You're going to make it into the bloopers. Don't ever shut it. Why? You always yell at me. Now turn it on. Now talk. Hello. Okay, it's fine. Perfect. Yes. This is working right. You just don't want to miss the bloopers. <laughs> That's all right. But I'm going to shut it next time. You finally figured it out. How to override me. <laughs> no, no, it really it really does mess things yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you thought if you put on a serious face. No, I'm serious. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, mm. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.